0: Save your seat now at growandemaiallist.com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass.
1: Balance isn't achievable. Balance means the more I work, the more I have to play, right? Well, what if I don't want to keep adding more and more? What if I have a really busy work month? I just need to figure out how that fits with the other things I want to do, not add more stuff.
0: You might already know this about me, but I am not someone who subscribes to this notion of balance. And I'm using air quotes here. I believe in this idea of blend. Like I want my life as a mother and as an entrepreneur and as Jenna, the human to blend together so that I can show up as my full self wherever I am, not having to segment or compartmentalize who I am and the things that I love. Today's guest on the show has a very similar philosophy, and it's this concept of work-life harmony. Tina Wells' story is super interesting, and it is so inspiring. She turned a business that she launched when she was just a teenager into an award-winning marketing agency. She led boardroom meetings as the youngest and sometimes only Black woman in the room and pursued her childhood dream of traveling around the world. Now, Tina is a business strategist, advisor, author, and founder, and through it all, she's crafted this method for maintaining work-life harmony. That is, she doesn't forgo joy and peace for productivity, and that's something that I'm constantly learning and also something that I can absolutely get behind. In her new book, The Elevation Approach, she shares her four-phase plan for work-life harmony, this flexible and foolproof technique that helps you meet your goals without sacrificing joy for productivity and progress. That is exactly what we are digging into today. So let's dive on in with Tina Wells. Let me introduce you to a podcast you're going to love. It's called The Shine Online, and it's hosted by a former gold digger guest, Natasha Samuel, and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Natasha interviews the brightest entrepreneurs to bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions about the mental health and lifestyle aspect of entrepreneurship and actionable strategies and success stories of those who have mastered the art of shining online. Natasha just covered this topic I think you'd love to hear about. She talks about when you're ready to hire a social media manager and when you're not. Because hiring a social media manager isn't going to fix your social media problem if you're not ready and willing to show up and do the work too. Listen to The Shine Online wherever you get your podcasts. Tina, welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. I'm so excited to connect with you today.
1: I am so thrilled to be here and so excited. Thank you.
0: Okay, so before we dive into some of the goodness, the nitty-gritty questions that I cannot wait to ask you about, talking about things like work-life harmony and how we can find that relationship between life and work and what that looks like, I kind of want to know a little bit of context. Can you paint for me a picture Of what your career path has looked like.
1: (laughs) I love talking about this. You know, I started out as a 16 year old entrepreneur, very much an accidental entrepreneur. Like, I didn't know I wanted to go into business for myself. Honestly, I wanted to be a fashion writer. And at 15 years old, I read an ad that changed my life. It was in the back of 17 Magazine, it was for a newspaper for girls called the New World Times looking for reporters. I submitted a column, you know, my brother word processor, my mom faxed it. I got a job as a product review editor and that really changed my life. And I went from reviewing products to basically marketing very fast. And for 20 plus years, I ran a marketing agency.
0: So talk to me about what it was like putting yourself out there at a young age, kind of getting that little glimmer of success and what that turned into for you, because that is not where your story ends.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? It was very true for me. You know, I loved fashion and pop culture. I feel like even today with what I do and and what we're going to talk about in a bit, I still love style, fashion, and pop culture. And it really, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I was also writing what I want to call a teen wave. So I just want to like paint the picture for your listeners. When I started in 1996, this was like our original teen dream, right? So it was InSync, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Teen People, Teen Vogue, Aeropostale, American Eagle, all of this teen culture was emerging. And I was the girl who had the insight on teens. And then as I grew up, this next emerging generation that everyone was talking about was millennials. And I kind of became known as the millennial whisperer. So it was a lot of right place, right time. Me just doing the thing I loved, but from the outside, it was, oh my God, she's got the intel. You know, I was like on speed dial with the Associated Press reporter on youth culture. And so it was a great time for me, but I also didn't really take it very seriously because I just thought I was doing like, you know, living out my hobby. So talk to me
0: about how that transpired into the work that you're doing today. And could you have even dreamt of this type of work back then when you were doing that and spotting trends and being on the speed dial?
1: I absolutely could not have because what I get to do today is literally, absolutely my dream come true. I mean, I am a product junkie, right? And so when I had my marketing agency, most of my clients were in a category we call CPG, consumer packaged goods. And so I spent time in stores, shopping aisles, on shelves, really getting to know product. And what I get to do today is, you know, build product that I really hope consumers will love. And so I never thought I'd end up there. I always, you know, I loved marketing for sure. I loved finding ways to talk about products others had made and, you know, never thought I would get to the place of making my own. And really the path to get there, which we're going to talk about today, was where I really experienced my first burnout. I really needed to make a change about three years ago. Definitely didn't think when I was in that crisis period of trying to reconfigure my life that I would end up on this side with, you know, the dream come true.
0: What is the dream come true? Paint me a picture. (laughs) What does today (laughs) look like for you?
1: It's definitely not fairy tale. I will say that. Like, (laughs) I think I know I love what I'm doing because if sometimes if people had an inside look, I even talked to friends last night at dinner, and they were like, "This sounds crazy, you know, dealing with COVID and China and shipping." Pro- I'm like, "Yeah, but it's so thrilling and exciting." And at the end of the day, there's a customer and a guest on the other end who can choose to buy my product, and that yeah. validation is so exciting that I might create something that equips or inspires them. And so there are definitely elements of it that <laughs> are not for the faint of heart. Let's just say that, but. The process of it, right? And I think for me, real work-life harmony, and I know we're going to talk about that, is this idea that all the things in our life work together. It does not, you know, balance for me is very antiquated. I would not Mm -hmm. say that I have a balanced life, but I have a very harmonious life and everything works together. And I think that is what's become the dream, is I can fit in the things I really love. And that can mean like a day like tomorrow where I've got meetings packed and then I'm hopping a plane to go, you know, to Waco, Texas for the weekend because my 13-year-old niece wants to go to Magnolia, right? And so it's like, we're gonna make it work. And that's the kind of life that I think is available to everyone if we release the idea that we'll ever have balance and really embrace the idea that we can all have harmony.
0: Mm, I resonate with this so deeply. I remember at one point, just I always grappled with the word balance. Like whenever people threw it out, it just didn't sit right with me. And I remember studying the origin of the word of balance and balance is supposed to be a moment in time. It's not supposed to be something that's maintained or sustained. And I feel like a lot of times we're constantly in pursuit of it and almost beating ourselves up because we can't find it when it's really not something that is practical (laughs) for us to be in pursuit of. What was it like when you kind of said like, screw balance, I'm going to figure out a different way?
1: Well, it's interesting. It's been a long journey. So by 27, so this was 11 years into my business, that was the first time I can say I experienced a burnout. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, I was in the cycle and I, my elevation approach has four phases, preparation, inspiration, recreation, and transformation. And I was constantly in preparation and inspiration. And that really is like, I have a big idea. I'm learning everything about it. I'm socializing it. And I'm getting wrapped in this vicious cycle and then I'm burning out. And what I realized, the secret really was, was this idea of recreation and rest. And if you think Mm. about hustle culture that we've all been through, you know, the idea that we can rest and have a moment is so, or was, I would say, was so counterculture. And I think when the pandemic hit, what we all realized was, oh, there's another way to do things, right? And that was full of its own drama and other stuff. But the good stuff we took away was, you know, I kind of liked that I could Zoom, make lunch for my family, have some family time midday, and then go back to work, right? So there were elements of it that really stayed with us or that we wanted to stay with us. And I think what we all started feeling was a little more harmony of work yeah. and home coming together. And there are elements, like I said, that need definitely need to go back to the way that they were. But there are other parts that were like, well, we don't want that. Because like you said, balance isn't achievable. Balance means The more I work, the more I have to play, right? Well, what if I don't want to keep adding more and more? What if I have a really busy work month? I just need to figure out how that fits with the other things I want to do, not add more stuff.
0: Yeah, I love the point that you make, too, about kind of the last few years that we've walked through. I think a lot of people were really challenged because so many of us say, like, when life slows down, I will (laughs) fill in the blank. And we really were putting our character to the test because for the first time in all of our history, there was this collective pause for many, not for everyone, Where we were really challenged of like, oh, I said I would, you know, read more or rest more or, you know, all of these different things. And we were forced to do that. And it's so funny that we're having this conversation today, Tina, because I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was taking the first day off of work in a long time. And she's like, I feel like my eyes are twitching. Like, I just want to log in. And I said, I know that rest takes a lot of work for you. And I want you to honor that work towards rest. Walk me through what it has looked like for you being on this journey of wellness and discovering self-care, especially after going through this cycle of burnout.
1: Yeah. So fast track back to when I first realized I needed recreation at 27, that was not the magic cure, right? I was still going to go on probably another 15 year journey with this. And so then I started realizing, oh, play, movement. That was my de-stressor. And I remember being at a retreat in the mountains and I got a massage and the therapist was like doing Reiki. And he said to me after, I want you to know exercise is no longer working to de-stress you. He's like, it's not doing what you think it's doing. You need to find something else. And for me at that point, I thought the vacations and I was doing the things and it wasn't working. And then, you know, about three years ago, my dad got very, very sick. And we weren't sure if he was going to make it. Very thankfully, he's been with us. But what I realized when he was in the hospital that year for months, really, was dad is so happy and content with his life, with family, with his career, with everything. And and I really started thinking and talking to him, but like, well, where does that joy come from, right? And that was what started resonating for me was the idea of creating joy and rituals and the things that he was doing and, and how those things were showing up. And that's when I finally said, okay, I've got to work this. And to do that, I've got to start cutting out things. And, and that's what really led to me developing the book, The Elevation Approach to coming up with my 12 principles of instant elevation. But it was the idea of like, I really have to work this. I'm looking at, you know, my dad. And it's that moment when you're sitting with your parent and you're talking about their life and you're witnessing it and saying, do I, I want to be this happy If I'm at the end or something potentially is happening and how do I do that? I've got to reverse engineer it because what I'm doing now is not going to have me where my dad was at that day. And now he's here with us and joyful, but I just always remember that time of thinking I wouldn't be happy if I were where dad is right now and feel content and feel fulfilled.
0: AI is such a hot topic right now, but how can you really use it in your business in a way that moves the needle? What if AI could take over tedious tasks like pulling reports, rewriting blog posts, and trying to personalize countless prospecting emails? Well, introducing HubSpot's newest AI tools, Content Assistant and ChatSpot. Content Assistant uses the power of OpenAI's GPT-3 model to help you create content outlines, outreach emails, and even web page copy in just seconds. And in case that wasn't enough, they created ChatSpot. A conversational growth assistant that connects to your HubSpot CRM for unbeatable support. With chat-based commands, you can manage contacts, run reports, and even ask for status updates. The easy-to-use CRM just got even easier. Head to hubspot.com/artificial-intelligence to get early access today. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So talk to me about this four phase plan that you ended up developing, because I feel like so many people are listening to this and they've had their own experience where you kind of wake up to the fact like nothing is promised. What does this look like? What really matters and does like the things that you're about to do today, does that line up with what you say matters? Walk me through how you developed this plan and what that looked like.
1: Absolutely. So first I thought about how I brought ideas to fruition. I was having lunch with a friend one day and I was talking about, you know, so fast forward to my dad being sick. I decided I needed a life change. I immediately closed my agency and went on sabbatical. And during that kind of walkabout time, I started asking myself a lot of questions about what I wanted. I had written middle grade fiction before. I wanted to get back to it. I ended up meeting you know, a great team at Target. We started working on a project and I was telling a girlfriend about it. And she said, I wish I could do that. I have so many ideas in my head I just don't know where to start. And that was really what started me on the journey to the book. And I thought, could I write a plan for my friend? You know, I had taught business for years. I ran a program called Leadership in the Business World at Wharton, where I would teach 160 students a year how to start a business. So I'm like, well, I know those core principles, but it's not just about business, it's about life. What if your big idea is not about starting a business? Maybe your big idea is, I want to take my family on a dream vacation. I think there's a process that we have to go through for all of that, still with the idea that we want work-life harmony. And that's where the elevation approach started. It's grounded in the idea that we must achieve work-life harmony. And then if that's the goal, how do we bring big ideas to life? And so it's four phases, preparation, inspiration, recreation, and transformation. And they're kind of what they sound like, right? Preparation is where you do the hard work to decide if you're gonna move forward, right? It's where you declutter your space, You get curious. You know your numbers, right? And then you decide at the end of that phase, I'm either starting over, this idea doesn't make sense, or I want to move forward. And then in inspiration, that's the phase where you get social, where you go out and about, you meet friends, you say, hey, I have this idea. Could you talk to me about it? You've done something similarly. Then you've got all the info. What we would normally do then is be off to the races, right? Got it. It's validated. Let's do it. Recreation says, no, let's pause. Let's do something totally different that has nothing to do with this big idea and let's get rejuvenated. So when we go to transformation and we bring it all together, we feel good. And that was what was missing for me. I think for so many entrepreneurs and, you know, not just entrepreneurs, women in general, people who are so dedicated to their families, right? What do we do? We go, we hustle, we crush it for the people we love and we never transform. And so that was really the key for me. And once I learned how to work the phases, I realized I could bring ideas, big ideas to life much faster because I was doing it in a process and I also wasn't burning out.
0: Mm, and I, I bet you also enjoy the journey a lot more. Is that so true? Much.
1: I enjoy it so much. But I also think because I have, like, I think everyone needs their own toolkit, right? Almost like a crisis yeah. toolkit that you can call on when things aren't going the way you want them to go. And so I now have these feelings. So it's like, oh, I'm feeling stressed. Is my inbox over X amount of emails? Okay. Well, I know it's really important for me to declutter my space. I've got to take a moment. If I can get that done, I'm going to go back to feeling the harmony I want to feel. And so that's the goal of the book is that we really, I can take you through that journey and you realize for yourself what creates work-life harmony and how to get back there if you ever feel out of alignment.
0: Okay, Tina, there is this phenomenon that I've experienced with every author that has come on the show. When you are writing a book about the thing, (laughs) God, the universe, your family, I mean, everything keeps teaching you the lessons that you seem to be writing about. Did you experience this? And what did that look like? Because I feel like it's like this way of like testing, like, do I feel strongly about this? Do I know about this? Is this what I truly believe? Like a book feels so permanent. Talk to me about that part of your journey.
1: Oh my goodness. I wrote the book that I needed and I will need this (laughs) for the rest of my life because that is, I am so, you know, I have a million ideas in my head at all times. I can be pulled in a million different directions and I need to work these tools every single day. You know, there's no like, you know, you're like, and I'm going to graduate to that. I'm not graduating from this because I know myself. And you know, if you even saw my morning, I mean like landing from Miami, running to the dentist, coming to like, I get it. And there's joy in all of it. And I know at some point today, I'll get a FaceTime from my niece and I'll get an Apple pay request to fund her trip to the grocery store, you know, and I love all of it. But I have tools that help me realize something's a little off. You know, I'll walk into my house for the first time after being on the road and say, what feels off? Oh, like I need to clean off my island. If I can just get my island clean, then I'm going to feel a lot less stress. And I can, you know, so like decluttering my space is really important to me more from a mental perspective than the physical value of it. And that act of saying, I'm going to do one thing for me for five minutes, that's going to make it really easy for me to function for other people. But I'm always going to need those tools. And what's great about the approach is you decide what your rituals are, right? You decide Mm -hmm. who your tribe is, who you need on your personal board of directors. Like it it is such a personal idea that I'm asking you, and I'm kind of feeling like I'm your friend on the journey and saying, I'm doing this too. Let's do it together. Mm -hmm. Not me saying, do this thing, because I don't know what your rituals are. You know, I don't know what your spiritual practice is. I just really believe you should have one, right? And and I'm also mm-hmm. not telling you what that should be. But if you do the things and get the tools, I do believe you're going to get to work-life harmony and, and really that work-life balance. You know, the idea and as close to what we've thought about as being work-life balance, but really it's harmony.
0: What would you say if someone's listening to this and if they're doing a gut check, right, I'm inviting you listeners to do a gut check right now and really kind of establish where you're at because I feel like this is so powerful and it is, it's so personal, right, Tina? Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of times, especially as women, we kind of push through that discomfort or we kind of like let like fine be good enough. But what would you say if somebody's listening to this and they're checking in with themselves, maybe they haven't checked in with themselves in a while, and they're recognizing that things are really out of balance. Things are out of whack. Their priorities are not straight. And if they're really being honest, like they can't sustain at the way or the pace that they've been going at much longer. Where do they begin?
1: You know, I think the best place to begin is really step one. And decluttering your space. And that, I want to also say that does not mean necessarily physical space. It could be mental. You know, in the book, I detail a couple different things. It could be digital. Maybe you've got a lot of clutter and emails and things, but there's something that's taking up space and you don't realize it's occupying time, attention that could be dedicated to something else. And until you take a moment and just say, I'm going to try something different. You don't know how to move forward. And what I love about the idea of decluttering your space is I believe that it's actually a sign. It's a commitment to yourself, to something bigger, saying, I'm willing to try something different. Like I'm taking a step, I'm taking a step of faith to do something different, meet me and help me, right? And that's why I love the idea because there's action behind decluttering your space, but it's almost like commitment of saying, I want to move in a new direction. I'm making space to bring that in.
0: I love that. It's such a simple place to begin to. It's something I have ADHD and I feel like a lot of times when I get overwhelmed, I like have to like pause and reset. I don't really subscribe to this idea of like having a perfect routine, but like inviting in these like moments or minutes of resetting. And I think that's a really powerful thing. I'm like literally looking at my desk and I'm like, I could probably use a reset.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, I am so, too. Trust me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. sites and so much more. or even say the words work-life balance, which I know you subscribe to the idea of harmony. Are there any misconceptions about that specifically from women? I feel like women have a lot of pushback on what that looks like.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times, especially for women, you know, I, I want to talk about this for a minute. You know, when I had my marketing company years ago, I was doing some research on an incontinence brand we were representing. And I found this statistic that really troubled me. And it was about just women in general, and really specifically women of color, who on top of having full-time jobs or responsibilities, do an average of 30 hours of caregiving per week. And when we think about trying to make space for new things, those 30 hours would be a great place to start, right? But we're committed. And if you think about women, and I think their late 30s to 40s or 50s, they're almost a sandwich in which they're taking care of younger children and older parents, right? And so I understand when we then try to say, make space, do this, get lighter, do more. That person is thinking, how much more can I do? If I'm working the minimum, right? And I'm adding in the caregiving time and I want to sleep, where's the time, you know? And so... That's why a lot of even my ideas or principles might take you five minutes to try to reframe something because time is, is what we're lacking. And so anyone who's saying, I just can't, I understand statistically, you know, almost like mathematically why you can't because there literally isn't sometimes time in the day. And so that's why I think what we experienced during COVID was really like, Harmony showing up because we had no other choice, right? When everyone has to be home and we're all zooming together, we just had to make an extraordinary, almost allowance for each other for humanity. I mean, can you remember a time when it wouldn't be appropriate for someone's child to be on Zoom with them? Now we just don't care, right? Like now it's fine. Like if children show, I have like my child is here. I'm talking. We're different now, and so I think that there's a sense of we don't want to go back to a time where. Those things couldn't work together. You know, you're in your car, you're taking a call, and someone says, I'm sorry, I'm picking my kids up from practice right now. We're all okay with that, right? Because we know when the children go to bed, what's going to happen? That person will go, they'll find two more hours, they'll make it happen. If we know anything about women, <laughs> working women, we make it happen, right? We will find the time. And so I think the first thing is we have to be a little more gentle with ourselves. We have to understand that we have all changed significantly over the last few years. And it's okay to not go back to the way we were doing things before, but I promise you, if you can start with five minutes, we don't have to build up to you having three hours to work this approach every week. If we start with five minutes, we'll find ways to make small changes and build on those.
0: I love this. And it's so timely in my own life. I've been kind of adopting a lot of different like wellness habits and just different things into my life when I historically used to avoid them. Like it, I just, I would always leave them for last, which meant they never got done. Right. And it was really interesting yesterday because I was just kind of thinking about some of these different routines and things that I've invited into my life. But I've also been trying to group them with ways to be productive my brain is just like Mm -hmm. wired of like how can I be productive I'm on the treadmill but I'm answering emails I'm in the sauna and I'm responding to dms like you know all these different things what would you say for someone who like really struggles with being still or finding that recreation or pouring into themselves without productivity being a factor even if it's five minutes what would you say because I need to hear it
1: and i need to hear it right when i started doing this for myself and just taking a walk and like my like secret little thing that i love <laughs> i guess guilty pleasure is audiobooks but not like you know these acclaimed audio i'm talking about like fiction girl on the train like just i love Chicklet, and i love listening to dramatic thrillers on audiobooks and I love taking slow walks listening. There's absolutely nothing productive happening. And I can guarantee you when I'm done with that walk, I come back and I have a solution to a problem that I had you know, an hour ago or all day. I've been trying to think about it because there's something with your body moving in a way that's not like working out, that you're just moving, that the blood is flowing, that things, your body is processing things and getting to solutions for you. And I think if you do it once, you know, I'm a kind of a person that's like, I have to verify these things. So I don't say these things that I don't try myself and totally verify because I couldn't do it again. I'd be like, well, that was a waste of time. I need to be productive. When I realized I was more productive and I was coming back to finish my day, and I should pause and say, I live my year, month, day all with the elevation approach. And so think about the winter as preparation, the spring as inspiration, the summer as recreation and the fall is transformation. And if you think about it, like winter, I think I hibernate a little bit more. By spring, I'm ready to mingle. Summer, I'm doing fun things, taking trips, getting inspired. And fall is when we all come back to work, right? Come back to school, we bring it back together. And so I even live my day this way. My mornings, I try not to really take meetings if I can help it and get a lot of like my prep work done. The inspiration phase is when I'm social and doing a lot of meetings. And then I actually tend to do my movement or something I try. Now, working out is different. That's preparation for me. But like movement, that's just to help me work through things, happens in the afternoon. And then I come back and I bring it all together. And so I found that is the system that works for me. And so when you are in the sauna, I would like challenge you to read like, us weekly, and I know it sounds strange, but you're going to have something else that kind of lights up or clicks on, or you get curious, and then you come back and you're like, I don't know where this idea came from, but I have a way of solving a problem I didn't even know how to solve an hour ago. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that, and you know it's it's interesting to me as well because I was thinking about this yesterday. I was sharing just some of the things that I've brought into my life and I could already hear people's objections in my brain of like, I don't have time for that. I don't. And what's been so interesting to me as well. And something you kind of touched on is, you know, time is not equal. When we talk about like Beyonce as the same 24 hours, like she also has way more people working for her and, you know, opportunities through that. But I've also found that like, when I take that time to pour into myself, I show up different energetically. I am so much more productive in the time that I am working. And it's really kind of transformed a lot of different areas of my life. Whereas when I wasn't prioritizing myself, I was just kind of getting through the day. And so it's kind of that interesting notion of what that can look like for you when you kind of flip it on its head, which I think is what a lot of us, especially busy, ambitious women need to do sometimes.
1: I totally agree. And I think as you were saying earlier about wellness, you know, that for me had to move to preparation because it's what I do to get set up for success, right? Like I couldn't live anything else or bring it all together. And I, like you really had it last on the list for a while. And I realized now, when especially when you get into a place where you're like, go, 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 you have to be in the best shape. And it's not just about weight loss or any, it's about like Being able to withstand stress and there's something about just being physically strong or well that really, really helps with that response. And that's like back to sleep too, right? Sleeping enough. People always just say, you must never sleep. You do so many things. And I'm like, oh, I sleep quite a bit, you know? (laughs) And so (laughs) I do. I'm like, my sleep is not negotiable. I will be a horrible person if I don't sleep. Like. I can give nope. up a lot of other things. Sleep isn't one of them. And, yep. you know, you've got to figure that out for yourself. But, you know, I think we're both saying the same thing about the idea of like hustling being a little more antiquated and we want to work really smart. I'm not necessarily aligned with hard work. I'm aligned with very, very smart work. And again, that looks different for everyone, but if we work smarter and do the things we need to do and only the things we need to do, that looks different for everyone else. You know, only the things you need to do can be showing up to really important events for your children. Only you know what those things are and you set those. And for me, wellness is top of the list, it's the number one priority.
0: Well, I am dying to know. I will never forget this conversation that my husband and I had when we were in the heat of the pandemic. We were talking about one of our friends. And he said to me, he said, I wonder what she does outside of work and parenting. And I paused and I looked at him and I was like, what do (laughs) I do outside of work and parenting? And it was just this realization that like, we don't have hobbies. There was no recreation in our (laughs) life and something had to change. What are some of the things that you do that you would classify or categorize under that recreation activity? Because I always love hearing about people's hobbies and things that they do.
1: Oh, goodness. I let me. Okay. Reading is a big one. And I'm the person that I mean, I'm talking like 50, 60 magazines per month. Love all kinds of genres. I just like consuming a lot of interesting information. I love to travel. And it depends. It could be, even if it's business, I like to squeeze in a little time to look at art, do different things, try different foods. I love cooking. I love finding new recipes. I also have a very large family. I'm the oldest of six children. We're very close. And so like family time is definitely a hobby and doing things with my sisters and, you know, hanging out, planning trips and just like planning a, a, like even a meal together is something I do a lot of. And, you know, I have a niece and two nephews. And so we're very, you know, I'm very busy with them as well for a while, I played. I played field hockey through middle school, high school, and college, and I even played as an adult until I sprained my ankle. And I was like, I don't think I should continue with this hobby. But I'm, you know, thinking about replacing it now. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should take up tennis, right? I really loved everything I got from playing and coaching field hockey, but they change. And I, you know, I was just thinking now. You know, I I have a brother who's been in Italy for 13 years, and I have two. Italian American nephews and my sister-in-law and I'm like, "Oh, maybe I should really seriously take up Italian." And I've been thinking about it. And I'm like, "Okay, I think that's going to be one of my next things." You know, I'm I'm working on getting certified as a health coach just because I'm super interested in it, but I also wanted a thing for me. That was just yeah. something I could do to help me learn more, and I think it's important at every age to constantly be learning and just to keep that exercise of learning something new. You don't ever want to get to a place where it's really hard to grasp or learn something new.
0: Oh, I love that. I think that's so powerful. Can (laughs) you please share with our listeners why they should pick up a copy of your book? What is inside of those pages? What is inviting them to open and to learn? Give us kind of a little sneak preview of that.
1: I would say the most important thing is really the concept of work-life harmony, right? Like the book will teach you how to bring your big ideas to life. But even more than that, I don't think it's about a goal or a business. I think it's about how you wanna live life. And I think those 12 principles of instant elevation are really going to help you figure out how to have the life that you want, right? And only you know what that is. The book is an invitation to take time to figure it out. You may figure it out and say, I know what it is. I can't do it for another two or three years for whatever personal reasons, but the book is definitely going to help you get there and get to what work-life harmony looks like for you.
0: I love that. Where can everybody find out more about you? Get your hands on the elevation approach. Give me all of the places that we can connect.
1: Absolutely. I would start with my website, tinawells.com. And then on Instagram, I'm at tinawells. And in my Instagram bio, you'll find a lot of like worksheets and things I've developed. You'll be able to shop my entire collection at Target exclusively of home office products called Elevation by Tina Wells. That's on target.com in stores at pretty much every Target nationwide. And also on my Instagram, I'll always have links to my products. Amazing.
0: Tina, thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger Podcast. I absolutely loved this conversation and I cannot wait for our listeners to just invite more harmony into their
1: lives. Ah, oh, thank you, Jenna. This has been amazing.
0: Woo! Where are you at after that incredible conversation? I know for me, I'm often challenged to answer the question: like, what do I do outside of work and being a mom and a wife? Who am I? Like, who am I really? And I think that this conversation really invites us to kind of do a forensic style investigation on our lives and ask ourselves, like, what does recreation look like for us? Because I would bet that that is the area of your life where you might struggle to be able to answer that question about the most. I hope that this episode was this invitation for you to invite more harmony into your life and to stop being so darn critical of yourself because you cannot achieve the balance that everyone talks about. I loved when Tina talked about how when we think about balance, if we truly wanted it, that means the more work we do, the more play we have. And a lot of times we just can't handle more. More doesn't always equal better. And I think that's a really important takeaway from today. Thank you so much for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. If you have a minute, I'd love to hear what you like to do for fun outside of the roles that you play. Hop into my DMs and shoot me a little message. I'd love to hear what recreation looks like for you in your life. And of course, until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast.